Hi everyone, this is Fredrik Sandvall welcoming you to Invest in You, the podcast for movers and shakers. And we would today like to take the opportunity to talk about some of my military past and working with military elite units in many parts of the world. Some people talk about special forces, some people call it different names, but I will talk about special operations and some of the learnings that we can all take from that into our daily lives as entrepreneurs and business people and human beings. Number one, in business, it's not often about life and death, but sometimes it can be about life and death. In business, it's often about survival. And uh, you might or might not be familiar with Darwin's work uh, way, way back, uh, survival of the fittest. That is very much what we see in uh, business all day long. Companies come and go, uh, CEOs come and go, empires are built, fade and disappears. And this has happened and has been repeated over history, over and over. And everything moves in cycles. So in business, if it's not about life and death, but about survival, then starting from number one, before some people even consider to join a special forces unit in the military, there's quite a lot of thinking going into that. There's often a selection process, and often you would like to have people to volunteer into those kind of units, obviously. It's the same with entrepreneurship, where people volunteer to get into entrepreneurship. You're not forced into that, usually. So that means that the self-selection can also mean that you've done some research or not before you jump into something. It's very much linked to motivation. Why are you even doing it? I'd like to share some crazy numbers how this worked when I did my military service a number of years ago. So at the time, roughly 100,000 people were tried and tested for various kinds of military service, everything from being uh, joining the, the Navy, the Army or the Air Force or any kind of other special units as well. It was, again, 100,000 people that were tested, and that's predominantly, at that time, men. And out of those, you were testing very much the the stamina, the intelligence, you were checking out the size, uh, you were checking out with a psychologist how stable they were. Also, if you were keen and so on, you can uh, do the strength and endurance test to a, a quite high level. All of this was done in a very short time frame. And again, just think about it. If you like to screen the whole population and try to get the people into the right kind of roles, that is tricky work. And out of those, roughly 2,000, if we talk about 2%, have got the right mental strength and the right physique to even be considered for these kind of units, which I joined in the end. Okay, so from that 2,000, roughly 1,000 were actively keen and volunteering so they did apply and they were selected down into roughly two to three hundred people that were actually tested and that means that they were doing additional tests roughly two days of not only fun things i did the one both for the paras as well as the one for the commandos and the, and the divers for the navy and that means that yes We jumped out of uh, very tall buildings, we did uh, a lot of work underwater, obstacle courses underwater, trying to run fast for a long distance, uh, also carrying heavy rucksacks. Everything was done under 
the the condition that it was perceived very much as stressful. Uh, there was not too much time for rest and recovery. It was always this psychological game. You didn't know what to expect next, which is the same in business. You do not know what to expect next. You can plan and so on, but you never know. And regardless of how much research you've done into anything, including a selection process, then you never know what to expect. So the great thing, I passed the one and I joined the, uh, the Navy part of the military. And there we were a number of people. And in the end of the day, they were looking for who are the leaders. And between the leaders, who are the leaders amongst leaders? So basically try and find out who will be the, the team and squad team leaders, who will be the platoon leader later. And I was fortunate that I had chosen a profession that really worked well for me. So I was one of the very few who in the end of that year was selected also, not only for passing the, the training and, and getting my beret, I also was accepted to the officer's college for that particular unit. So I really, really, really understand how selection can be done. I've been running that selection process for many years as part of working there as an officer as well. So I know what it takes to filter people, to put people under pressure, etc., etc. You don't do that usually in the same way in, in business, but you're very much put under pressure in business as well. So I just like to take a word out of the business vocabulary, which is conflict. And depending on how much research you do, uh, you might see that conflict can also have, on one side, danger, on the other side, opportunity. At the time of recording this one, uh, the whole aspect of um, United Kingdom's Brexit, some people see that very much as a huge danger to themselves and to business. Other people see it as very much as an opportunity. And the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, and that's okay. But it's what you do with a situation and how you react to things around you that makes a huge difference. So the whole aspect of threat can also be an opportunity. The fearful ones will retract in a, in a depression uh, where things are not moving as fast as possible, and some people will accelerate. So if you accelerate sales, marketing, and investments while everyone else is detracting, you might be able to buy things at a huge discount. You might be in a great position to move on later on as well. Okay, so if, that, if that's like the, the selection process, it's often been said, for example, I've been working alongside with the American Navy SEALs on few occasions in the world. I've been competing against them as well. And it's often said that one of those soldiers uh, that we were representing was equivalent of 100 other soldiers. What does that actually mean? Well, if you think about it, when you're filtered, trained, and, and your mindset is so much stronger, that means you think and believe in your heart that you are actually better than other people, better at that specific task, obviously. And the other 100 people, because of your confidence, they think that you are also potentially much, much, much better than them. This is the same in business. We see how ultimately some people are excelling. The, the, the top 1% in any business is very much having a majority of the income. 
you can say this is not fair, you can say whatever you want, but that's still very much a fact where the, the top 1% in any field is having often most of the time in the spotlight, most of the revenue, most of the profit, and they get people contacting them. They're very much influencers in their field. And uh, it's the same in the aspect of special forces. You get the best equipment, you get the best training, and uh, I am just doing a super rough estimate here. The, the Swedish government have invested many, many, many millions of dollars into my training over the years I was serving. And that's just yes, yes, crazy. What does it mean? Well, I, I learn a lot. And many, many of those things are very much transferable into business, which is quite cool. You also really learn how to work as a unit. So that unit is compromised of other individuals who are also super motivated. This is a challenge sometimes in the entrepreneurial setting while you as the business owner or the, the two or three of your business partners who are the main owners of the business and you, you work and live this 24-7, it's sometimes tough to understand why doesn't the, the employee want to do the same as you? I mean, this is the best thing ever, isn't it? Well, for them, it might just be a chore. It might be a job. It might be a stepping stone to whatever is next, next for them. So when you work as a unit, try to find out what's in it for everyone in the unit and also allow other people to shine. In that military unit, we had specialists. We had the, the team leader. And sometimes the team leader was very much following someone else in the team. For example, you had the, a task which was linked to demolition. Then you very much follow the demolition expert. You might have the, the communications guy who very much makes sure that you are hooked up and can communicate with, with your other units as well. You, of course, have hopefully some kind of medic who can take care of you when the worst happens. And the, the, the list of specialism also applies to business. So many business leaders are not the, the best in terms of social media. So you might have someone to help you with social media. Hopefully many entrepreneurs are good at selling because ultimately they will be the best person to sell the product, service or even the actual business. It's of course great if you get specialist salespeople on board and they help you to sell whatever you sell so that you as the, the top woman or top man in the business can focus on selling the whole business as concept to the market and maybe even selling it to investors. So specialism, allow people to play to their strength is, is really, really key. And that also will keep people more motivated and more on their toes. All right. In special units, you often call the actual soldier as an operator. What does that mean? Well, it means that they, they are very much a super strong specialist and an expert. They are seen as an asset. Let's take the learning from that into business. Your staff is ultimately your asset. Some people say that the most important asset for the business is whatever. In my world, it's very much the staff, the people that will enable you to hopefully grow, to hopefully also have some holiday, to also excel over time. The cool thing, changing angle again, I've got uh, in front of me like a spreadsheet of just ideas linked to special forces and, and how I can just share that with you today. If you are small, you can be nimble. 
if you're small, you can adjust and change direction so much faster. So when you're small and rapid, that means you can tweak, change, see, listen to your customers. What do they need? And therefore, thereby changing your business to be very much proactive and not set in ways and not just doing the way we've always done things because that's the way we've always done things. All right, so rapid, smaller, really key. Staying on the, on the theme of rapid and, and timing. One reason why many special forces operations work so great is because of the timing. The timing it takes from being very much at ease, relaxed, to go into action, direct action, and very aggressive mode can just take a split second, which is amazing when you see it in action. And it's even cooler when you're part of that transition as well, which of course can be very, very intimidating for many other people. I would like to come back to the one against a hundred people comparison we did before. So this tempo change is really, really cool. And we can do this in business too. So one day something is happening. You can just decide right now to act on that with you, your team, and the whole business and really act on it. And I think that's really cool. You can really do that. But that means the mindset of the people in the business needs to be okay with that. Which leads to another aspect. The the whole timing thing. When I did stock trading way back uh, on a very active level, almost uh, also day trading, sometimes having positions for, for just like a minute or even less and making money with that. Timing is key. Uh, it's very much how you can pivot one one thing to the next. How you can change direction as a team. How you can change direction in your mind. How you can pivot. How you can time it to ultimately make what's best for you. All right. The list of one more things is very long. Let's share one more thing. One more thing is courage. Courage is important, obviously. You need to have courage to dare to grow. You need to have courage to change. Uh, often there's a resistance to change. But that can also be your advantage. If the resistance is the common theme and trait for people, if you then use courage in your entrepreneurial role, then you can excel as well. Right, taking a, an example here from uh, from uh, the, the, the streets of a foreign country where uh, I was together with a few of my uh, guys, uh, very much discovered into a heap of rubbish. And it does take some courage to be in a very, very, very vulnerable position, a very small team uh, next to a very, very large uh, force of power potentially to be there uh, very much doing surveillance and being very hidden for not just minutes, hours, but actually multiple days. So courage in business can really, really be the, the game changer as well. While you dare to take a new route, where you dare to take on that new hire, where you dare to put your finance on the line so that you can grow, maybe to raise up the extra money or whatever it might be. All right, those were a couple of things about courage that you can absolutely use also in business and encourage your team members to dare to take initiative as well. It doesn't make sense that everything will be top-led 
Everyone needs to be able to play to their strength and pull out new ideas and share it with you and with the world. One more thing, which is discipline. Discipline has helped me substantially over the years to focus on one thing, to focus on multiple things and to do things that the body doesn't always like. So for the last 20 days, my young, uh, my oldest son Ivan has gone up every single morning to push himself to run five kilometers at a very high pace every morning. He actually is an evening person. He's not uh, a morning person at all, but he's gone up earlier every single morning so that he can run before school, before everything starts, uh, at the time that he doesn't want to get out of bed at all. And never alone, he doesn't want to run at pretty much maximum capacity for 20 minutes either. But he is just smashing it uh, by being persistent, having that discipline. And I'm very proud to see that happening. Discipline can force you to do things that you might not want to do. It can force you to do things to a higher level. Which leads into another aspect, which is details. Part of special operations is focus on details. To do every small step a lot better makes a huge difference on the end result. So when I talk about how do I do things in investing, I've got a model of 5F. So if I, number one, find a great deal, which is discounted, it might be in a prime location, it's just a fantastic opportunity. That means that I'm saving money and I'm making money already at stage one where I find this opportunity. Step two, how you fund it. You would like to fund that acquisition of whatever you just have found in the, in the best possible way. So that means don't spend too much money on the funding. Have a funding solution that's sustainable and that will last you for, for a longer time. Great, now you've sorted out the funding. Next step is to actually fix it. So that means in, the, in a real estate context, it means that you are now fixing it, adding value. It might be a refurbishment, it might be used planning to get extra space to the right, to the to the rear, to the front, upwards, downwards. It can also be that you can see something which other people can't uh, in, in how you can fix it in the best possible way. So same thing again, if you add a lot of value in the fixing stage, that's a, an example of a detail. If you save a lot of money. That's also a great example of how you are adding value in the fixing stage. Okay, step number four, which is now it's time to, in again, I'm talking about real estate mainly. You can apply this into your field of work as well if you want. It is filling or flipping. Filling is very much where you now take on the right kind of tenants for your commercial unit, for your uh, multi-let unit, for your house. So that means you have ideally minimum hassle and ideally also top rates for your income and sustainable and that will be paid timely. And if you're about to flip it, obviously you dress for success, you dress the, the unit and the whole thing with the best possible pictures and therefore maximizing the value. You can also, of course, dress the rooms or the property that you plan to have tenants in. So we have now sorted out filling and we've sorted out flipping. So that was stage number four. Number five, it's overarching all of these ones. I call it flourish. Basically, that's where you use your specialist knowledge. 
It might be your special forces knowledge to see that angle that other people don't see and uh, how you can add maximum value again in all of these stages. So now we've had five stages and we have saved money. We've made money in pretty much all of them. That means reminder again, we spoke about details and the attention to details that you have with special forces. The details is what makes the difference between the amateurs and the professionals. And in this case, in real estate, you have now made more money than pretty much most of the competition because you paid attention to the details. Great. Okay. One thing about special forces is that they are often very secret. You don't often even know who is working there. And I did certainly not talk about what I was talking about, not even with my wife many times what I was doing what I was up to and sometimes I was disappearing for for, a, for an hour a day or weeks or on occasion multiple months so secrecy is something that is the opposite of being very very open and transparent or is it secrecy in business and also management of information can be key there are certain things you want to share with your competition and with the market and people out there, there are other things that you need to keep close to your heart. And the same goes with your team. There are certain things that they are allowed to share and other things that they can't. There are also business secrets. Having worked with intelligence, with the military, having worked with business, I am, of course, quite familiar with the term of business intelligence. That's basically how companies are protecting their information and also acquiring information about what other people are up to. There is a lot more of business espionage going on than you can even imagine. This is not a, a million dollar thing. It's not a billion dollar thing. This is probably on the scale of a trillion dollar in terms of taking ideas from other people and trying to make it better yourself. Countries are doing this. Companies are doing this. And individuals as well. So keep your secret close at heart. If that's important to you, obviously. Oh, right, that was a short a little snippet about secrecy. And uh, yes, I do have secrets linked to my post as well. Okay, skill. Skills are really uh, essential as well. So your skill level in your chosen field is important. In the Special Forces, we had very high level of skills linked to, for example, handling weapons, multiple weapons, and also how to even take your opponent's weapon and even how to properly manage and use weapons from all over the world uh, in, in a proficient way. How can you apply your skill level in entrepreneurship? There are so many skills you need to have. Would you like to be a generalist or a specialist? Personally, I like to try to be good at everything, which means I will be better than mediocre in many things. So I, I'm I'm honestly and at heart a generalist and that is really helpful as an entrepreneur. Obviously it depends on your field of play. So your skill level and always learning like you do today on the podcast, invest in you. Tap into learn from the best you can in your field and try to figure out what's going on there. So I will strongly encourage you try to have even if you don't get access to certain people you would love to have as a mentor, that mentor is most likely sharing their gold dust some way, maybe in a book, maybe on social media, maybe in, in a company report. You can get access to your 
inverted commas, mentors, uh, closest thoughts, if you follow their work closely. And I would encourage you to have a couple of people who follow more deeply and then other people who follow more broadly. And obviously, invest in you, there you get uh, the broader aspect because you get people from a broad range of fields. So yeah, work on your skill level, never stop learning. Uh, If you think you know everything, then you're unfortunately going backwards because everyone else is accelerating. All right, I've covered many things on my chart here in front of me. I've got the next one, which is planning. And uh, planning is great. Planning is key. Planning is essential. However, be flexible with your plan. Be prepared to take your plan and worst case, even scrap it. Your plan helps you to think about all contingencies. And one thing I really learned with the military as an officer in particular was to have contingencies, to have ways how you can adjust if the plan doesn't go as it should. So you've got your plan and then also think about it from the opponent's point of view, your competitors in, in business point of view. What are they likely to do? How will that affect you? How will that affect your plan? So think about an acquisition, for example. How can you foresee what the other side might do? Well, put yourself in their shoes for a second. Think about what would the other side, the red team, do to try to stop you from accomplishing what you would like to do. All of those contingencies, all of that planning and thinking will help you to be much quicker to react once the reality is in play. means that the things that you already have thought about might happen now turns out exactly the way you thought. And the cool thing about that is you might have your counter moves already set in motion. So I like planning. And uh, I don't do enough planning nowadays as I used to always do with the military. I should do more of that myself. That's just a reflection. Okay, you might be an entrepreneur. You might be an individual working in a business. And sometimes the word of unconventional. So I'm taking the word unconventional from from the from a special force and from military. Don't think in just a straight line. Try to find unconventional new ways, new angles, and maybe taking two ideas from two completely different other parts. So you may take a, an idea from your industry but from another part of the world. And then you apply it with your own thinking, then you find your local version that you can apply. So think unconventional. Try to not do things just the way people expect you to do. Because if you are too easy to to read, too easy to foresee, that means your competitor can actually do what you plan to do faster than you. Worst case. All right. Uh, Talking more about the skills we talked about before. There's a lot of training going to skills. So... In pretty much all countries, you have the special forces operator training takes usually one to multiple years, like bare minimum, and the training never stops. So your entrepreneurial training should never stop either. Uh, Stay in tune, stay in sync with top entrepreneur trainers as well. Why not? They, They are working with many, many other people. So... From my consulting experience uh, and from my coaching and mentoring and working with many others and from my customers, I learn every single interaction. That means that I can take my learning and not keep that to just that, my own learning by listening to other people's problems, helping them to solve it, 
seeing how they react to opportunities, how you can, by seeing what's happening in your peer group, maybe like a mastermind or something, accelerate your learning by not only your own stuff you did with, but also other people see how they relate to things. So training, if you consider special forces for yourself, if you're a young person, prepare prepare for easily a few years or at least one year ahead for the, the training of your physique, uh, mental strength, etc. So some of the useful skills could be, for example, endurance, strength, perseverance, push yourself and uh, do things that you find uncomfortable. So by doing that, uncomfortable thing you will ultimately move your boundaries you will stretch your comfort zone my comfort zone is very large because i have pushed it so many times in so many different aspects and and so on while you push yourself in one field which might not be your specialty i'd like to share a story about military divers Um, in this case uh, i'm generalizing a bit I talk about the, our lovely frogmen from uh, the assault divers, the underwater specialists. I've been training many, many of them also to get a civilian certification in how to do diving, uh, in this case, to become dive masters. They're already good at diving, but to be a dive master, to be a coach, a guide underwater, and to help out when people have been trained and to do some experienced dives, that's a different story. So many of the people I've been training who have been trained to do many hundreds of dives with the military, uh, they now do uh, yet another number of dives with me and learn now how to do this in a civilian setting. Unfortunately, a clear majority of them, they have this love-hate relationship to water. So many of them, they don't dive for leisure. They don't dive more than they have to with the military, which I think is sad and ironic. Uh, I love diving and I, I've lost track how many dives I've done, but it's more than two and a half thousand. So that means that I've been diving a lot more as a civilian than I have as, as a military person, obviously. And I like cave diving. I like diving into wrecks. Uh, that means also many of these things I've talked about, the training, the right team, the right equipment, everything comes together in technical diving and I like I like that and part of that leads into another aspect of love-hate which is controlling your fear stretching your fear and expanding on it I don't know what you're afraid of most people including myself are afraid of failing the cool thing with failing when you do something and you fail the very least you learn So control your fear and be prepared to go out of your own way to dare to do that, whatever it might be. Take an example of um, getting stuck in a wreck, for example. Something that most people think like, oh my God, I can't think about anything worse ever. But when you're there, when you have the training, when you have everything in place and you can control your fear, you can actually think logically and you can solve the problem and get out of it. I have numerous times when things have happened underwater or over water while things have not gone to plan and you have to work with your fear and get over it. So think about your fear, how you deal with it and try to challenge your fear now and then to do something unusual, unexpected and to stretch yourself because once that comfort zone is bigger, it will be there forever. Sometimes you need to repeat that fear to move it and to change it. And uh, that leads to my very last word here on my short, which I haven't crossed over, which is 
Perseverance. Perseverance can help you to go further, further than pretty much anyone. Uh, by doing many of the things I've already mentioned in this uh, podcast, you can persevere, survive, push harder, push longer than anyone else. And that discipline of perseverance and your focus can help you go a long way towards becoming a special operations soldier or a better entrepreneur, a better uh, husband or dad, a better son. Perseverance helps you to go that extra mile. This has been episode number 76 of the podcast Invest in You. Uh, It has been a solo mission today because uh, I did not succeed to catch Charlie in time to do this. So that means that I have to share his outro. He loves for you to subscribe to this channel so you don't miss episodes. And also he happened to really like five-star reviews. Uh, so rating a five star and a review is when you actually bother to write the comment and it takes just 30 seconds to do that and uh, it will make uh, young Charlie super excited so why not challenge yourself to figure out how to do it for the first time in your life and it will make us happy so we're doing this very much for free for you so you can expand your thinking expand your network of people you listen to we have some really cool uh, guests coming up we have got one of the biggest podcasts of the world uh, he is a forty so busy so that won't be until november we've got one of the top guys from grand cardone's team coming up and many many more so don't miss to subscribe so that's easy way to get a little alert while the next episode is out so This is Fred Samal tuning out from Sweden this time. Take care. Bye-bye.